Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today we're in Mark chapter 15. We're going to see Calvary through the eyes of many different people. The Roman centurion, Simon, the thief on the cross, and we're going to see how the cross made the difference in their life. What are you going to do with the cross of Jesus? See, if you and I lived back in Roman days, if you and I lived back in the pages of the Scriptures when the book of Mark was penned, and if we lived among the Roman Empire of that day, and let's just suppose that you were a Christian and you were following Jesus And you wanted to share your faith with me, who perhaps I was a neighbor or perhaps I was a co-worker. What I would have thought in the Roman world is that there were multiple, multiple, multiple gods. As a matter of fact, if you look at pictures today of the Roman Colosseum, it was built by Vespasian. The father of Titus who crushed Jerusalem in A.D. 70. If you look at the Roman Colosseum that still stands today, what you see all along the outer perimeter are these arched windowways, right? You know what I'm talking about up toward the top? Do you know why they are these multiple arched windows? Because Rome set a God in each and every one of them. Rome worshipped multiple gods. Even in the Greek culture, you remember when Paul went to Mars Hill. And not only did they worship multiple gods, they even had an altar built to what they called the unknown god, just in case they missed one. And Paul, in all of his brilliance, and all of his burning heart of evangelism said, I know who the young God is, and let me introduce you to him. It is the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the way, he is the only God. If you and I lived at this time and you tried to tell me about Jesus, let me tell you what a hard conversation you would have had. You would have said, Chad, The Lord Jesus Christ has changed my life. And I would say, really? Uh, I worship many gods, but please, I mean, I'm always curious about another. Tell me, who is this Lord Jesus Christ? Well, he was a man that walked the earth. Oh, (laughs) hold on. He was a man? Yeah. God robed himself in flesh. God Almighty became Emmanuel, God with us. When we had no access to Him, He came to us. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. And He loved you so much that He came to this earth. Really? What did he do? You would probably say something like, he came to die. You worship a dead God? 
You worship a God who became a man and then he died? Yes. But the story doesn't stop there. He rose again three days later. He's alive. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he conquered sin. And he's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. Well, how did he die? Now, here's where it would get tricky. When you would say, he died upon a cross. <gasps> a cross. You worship a man who is God, who came to die, but he died on a cross? Let me tell you why that was such a big deal. Do you know that the Jews did not come up with the concept of the cross? It was not a Jewish custom. It was originally the Persians that invented the cruel execution of the cross. It was the Romans who perfected it. Death by crucifixion was a Roman execution. Not Jewish. Roman. For anyone of that day to die upon a cross, here's what it meant. They were a criminal. And you're going to worship a man who died a criminal's death? What did they do to him? They put him through mock trials. They accused him. The religious leaders of the Jews accused him of blasphemy, but that wasn't a true statement. But what they did is they told Pontius Pilate he calls himself a king. And see, in the Roman world, Caesar will have no competition. And because he called himself a king, Pontius Pilate put him to death. And what did they do? They scourged him. They twisted a crown of thorns and they placed it on his head and they beat it down with a rod. When they scourged him, they used whips that had fragments of sharp rock and fragments of bone that when the whip went across his back, it wrapped his torso and they would rip it back taking massive chunks of flesh with it. They mocked him. They said, hell, king of the Jews. They even spat upon him. They led him to a place outside the city called Golgotha. And there they put him on a tree. And he died hanging between two thieves. They stripped him of his clothes. And in pure humiliation, he suffered and he died for the sins of humanity. Today, we wear the cross as a symbol of pride. Today, we wear the cross as decorative jewelry. Today, many of you have crosses Hanging in your homes. Today, what used to be the sands of the Roman Colosseum that was wet 
with the blood of Christ's followers, today is suspending a cross. Things have changed. But back then, you would have had a mighty hard time convincing a neighbor or a co-worker that Jesus was worthy of praise because he died a criminal's death. But see, what Satan didn't know and what the Lord Jesus Christ knew is that what makes the difference in people's lives is the cross. Look at Mark 15 with me, and I'll go rapid fire through this, so stay with me. Verse number one, the chief priest. The chief priest was the chief instigator. He was the antagonist of all that happened here. He gathered up the rulers, the authorities, the scribes, the Pharisees. But I want you to pay attention to verse 1. And there's two words here that I want you to circle because it's so critical to this text. I want you to circle the words, whole council. Because that's going to come in so big at the end of our story today. Verse 2. They delivered him to Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was essentially the representative of Caesar in this region. He had all power. He could have spared the life of Jesus. And in the other Gospels, it tells us that his wife had a troubling dream. She was disturbed by these events. She said, have nothing to do with this man. And the scripture says he washed his hands. But that wasn't enough. Acts 4, verses 27 and 28 say that everything happened according to God's predestined plan. It was above the chief priest. It was above Pontius Pilate. It was above King Herod. It was above the Jews. It was above the Romans. It was God's plan that was taking place. No one else's. But nonetheless, Pilate was responsible for his own actions. So Pilate comes to the crowd and he thinks he's going to be clever. Now remember, what the Jews feared more than anything was an insurrection because what a riot or an insurrection would do is it would bring down the iron fist of the Roman government. And the religious leaders knew this. And remember what we said through our study of Mark. Jesus was not only a religious problem, he was a big political problem. And so Pilate thinks he's going to be clever and he says, let me spare someone. He typically did this at Passover as goodwill. Why? To keep everything calm. Remember what's happening at Passover? Nationalistic pride. And he says, I'll release someone. Shall I release Jesus, the king of the Jews, or shall I release Jesus? Barabbas, who is a murderer and an insurrectionist. And look at verse 11. What does the chief priest do? He stirs up the crowd. And they say, release Barabbas. Verses 11 to 15, crucify Jesus. Pilate says, what shall I do with him? Crucify him. Hmm. 
Barabbas was the first person that Jesus took his death. You know, I want to know what happened to Barabbas. I wonder if he eventually became a Christ follower. I personally think he must have. I wonder if at some point he wasn't part of the early church. I wonder if at some point he didn't become an evangelist in his life. Who went everywhere telling about how Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin. That he might become the righteousness of God. One day, you, you've heard my long list of questions through this Mark series. But one day, I'm going to look up Barabbas. And I'll say, come on, Barabbas, tell me your story. What happened? And I can't wait to hear it. Verse 21, I want you to notice this. There was a man who... Now remember what's happening. It's Passover and Jews from all over the world are making their pilgrimage. They're descending upon Jerusalem. And here is a fine man. Simon of Cyrene. Who is Simon of Cyrene? Well, Cyrene would have been in the region that today is Libya in West Africa. So he would have traveled from Libya all the way with his family to Jerusalem just for Passover. And we don't know the backstory of him. All we know is that he's there and he's got two young sons, Alexander and Rufus. If anyone's pregnant and expecting a boy and looking for a name. Rufus may be a fine name. If you're having twins, Cephas and Rufus. That, that would be a, that'd be a good combo. You know who Rufus was? Now, I don't know this to be fact. Just my hunch. Simon is with his family. They're on this pilgrimage. They've come from Libya. Cyrene. They're there for Passover. And the Roman soldiers grab him. And persuade him and say. Carry this man's cross. He would have been carrying the large beam. Because Jesus had been beaten. To the point. He had no more strength. He could not even carry his cross. This Simon. Of Cyrene. Cyrene takes up the cross of Christ. We don't know what happened to Simon. Perhaps he passed away before Paul wrote his letter to the Romans. But now remember, now I find this interesting. Mark is the only gospel that mentions this little interesting tidbit that his two sons, Alexander and Rufus, were there. Who is Mark writing his letter to? Remember, Matthew is written to a Jewish audience. Luke is written to a Gentile audience. John is written to the universal church at large. But who did Mark write his gospel to? The Romans. A Roman audience. So why is it that at the end of Romans, in chapter 16, when Paul is giving his greetings, he says, and greet Rufus. And his mother, who has been like a mother to me. Is, is this the same Rufus as Mark mentions? The son of Simon the Cyrene? I think it is. How interesting. 
I think the cross of Christ so impacted Simon and his family that his sons and wife, even after his passing, went on to become big, big parts of the church of Jesus Christ. I believe the cross made a difference in them. They take Christ, they put him between two thieves. Look at verse 27. Two robbers. Mark isn't going to give us as much detail as the other Gospels, but what does the Bible say about these thieves? The one thief mocks the Lord Jesus Christ. Save yourself and save us. But what did the other thief do? The other thief looked to the Lord Jesus and he said, when you come into your kingdom, Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps the most humble words in all of the Bible. He did not say, honor me. He didn't say, save me. He didn't say, rescue me. What did the dying thief say? He simply said, remember. Perhaps the most humble words in all of Scripture. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all. My sins away. Amen. And what did Jesus tell that dying thief? Today. You know why we don't believe in soul sleeping? Do you know why I don't believe that when a believer closes his eyes or her eyes in death, that they just stay in a state of unconsciousness until the resurrection? Do you know why I don't believe that? Because what did Jesus tell this dying thief? Today. You'll be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. Amen. The cross made the difference in that thief. Cross didn't make a difference for the chief priest. The cross didn't make a difference for Pontius Pilate. But I believe the cross made a difference for Simon of Cyrene and his family. Who wasn't looking for Jesus. They were just there on holiday. The cross made a difference for the dying thief that even though he was as guilty as guilty could be, the cross made the difference. Verse 39, the Roman centurion. The very man who is in charge of all of the Roman soldiers that day, perhaps the very man who drove the nails into his hands and feet. The man who signed the death warrant. The man who oversaw everything. When Jesus had breathed his last and the real Passover lamb. When the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world breathed his last. What did the Roman centurion say? Verse 39. Surely. This was the Son of God. 
Oh, I want to know his story. Did he join the early church? Was he at the upper room? Did he go on to plant churches? Did he go on and did he recruit and evangelize and win many more Roman soldiers to Jesus? Was it the story of his life? Let me tell you about a man that died a criminal's death, but he was the son of God. I believe the cross made a difference for the Roman. And then lastly tonight, Joseph. Now, of all of the people we've met tonight, the chief priest, Pontius Pilate, Barabbas, the dying thief, Simon the Cyrene, the Roman soldier, of everyone we've met, Joseph of Arimathea intrigues me the most. And let me show you why. Look at verse 42. What does it say? Joseph of Arimathea, who was part of the council. Now, what council does he mean? Go back to verse 1. When morning had come, the chief priest gathered all the rulers and authorities. And who, did, who was part of that? The whole council. Joseph of Arimathea was there. And I believe his heart was breaking. Joseph of Arimathea was a Christ follower who was among the council. Like Nicodemus who was part of the Pharisees. Matter of fact, the other gospels tell us it was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus that took him down from the cross. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he took courage. Why did he take courage? Because look what it says. For he was also looking for the kingdom. Do you know what that means, my friends? He was looking past this transient world. He was looking past his job. He was looking past his social status. He was looking past the, the, the pride and the promotion the council gave him. He was looking past the money. He was looking past all the things of this world. And he was looking for the kingdom. Could that be said of you tonight? Do you worry more about what people think of you? Do you worry more about your status or your reputation or your popularity? Do you worry more about how much money you'll make? Do you worry more about retirement? Do you worry more about being successful? Joseph of Arimathea, let me tell you, my precious friends, the cross made the difference in him. He took courage. He went to Pontius Pilate and he asked for the body of Jesus. He and Nicodemus took him down from the cross. My question tonight, if the cross didn't make a difference, chief priest or for Pilate if the cross did make the difference for Simon for Barabbas for the Roman centurion for the dying thief and for Joseph of Arimathea here's the question tonight 
Has the cross made the difference for you? Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.